You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit, one podcast at a time. Well, how do you do, lovely bride chillers and groom chillers? I love when we put out, by the way, this is the Bride Chiller Podcast. I'm Alicia, the founder, the host, the person that does this. I'm 300 and something, 80 episodes in. I sometimes forget to announce what I'm doing here. I mean, surely you've downloaded the show. You've probably got a pretty good idea. It's a wedding planning podcast. That's it. I love when we do a call out for questions and it goes bonkers. And this is an example of how important a certain thing is in the wedding planning process, and that is photography. And when I said, hey, we've got our lovely friend, Kevin Elizabeth, who is a regular guest on the show. I'm calling you regular now, Kevin, because it's like your fourth now. I'm so famous. She's so famous. <laughs> when we said Kevin's coming on the show, it went crazy. And we've done an episode a couple of weeks ago, but now I said to Kevin, you've got to come back. We've got to finish this thing off. I don't know if we're going to get through even all of them now. <laughs> we're going to give it a red hot go. We've got no time to waste, but I will say, welcome back to the show, Kevin. Thank you for having me again. I feel like such an honored guest of Fritilla. Well, <laughs> I'm honored to have you here and you're always so vivacious and fun and very knowledgeable and you're bullshit free, which is something I know that yes. I appreciate and all of the listeners also appreciate. Yes. So I think we should just crack into it because we've got a lot to do. Sure. So let's just do it. So Bride Chiller Jackie asks, uh, as a couple, how do we walk the line between working with our photographer by providing helpful guidelines for what we want and not being so controlling uh, and then trusting in our photographer's professionalism and artistic capability. Oh, that's a very nicely worded question. Yes. So basically because she's saying, how do we say what we want without going, just do what we want and nothing yes. else? Because <laughs> you've hired someone that's clearly skilled and you're trusting them because that's not what it's about on the day. Exactly. Good question. Very mm -hmm. good question. Because I think people get anxious and you want to get the stuff done, but also yeah. you don't want to be thinking about it on the day. Exactly. Yeah. The wedding day itself is, I want to say no time for the couple to be trying to be in control of stuff. Like it's a yeah. day where you want to just like go with the flow, have people tell you what to do and just enjoy it. Like just get shuffled around all day. That's the most fun way to do it. And forget mm -hmm. about being in charge. Hopefully you've hired people to be in charge that are competent and you trust them. And that's the best way to really soak in your wedding day. Because if you're running around all day, trying to micromanage everybody, you're going to miss all of the actual parts of your wedding day and you'll never get that back. So that's a really good thing to think about is that, you know, let them be in charge. There's a reason you hired them. If you don't trust them to do their jobs, then you probably should not have hired them. Um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully it's not exactly. too late for you. <laughs> but, <laughs> back out now. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I like to tell people, think about what it would feel like if you know, I hate to say your boss because your client is not really your boss. They're just your client. But think about if your supervisor or somebody was constantly like reminding you how to do your job and it wouldn't feel good. You're like, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Like I've been here. I've got experience. I do this every day. And that's yep. kind of the same way with photographers. Like I know what I'm doing. I've done this so many times. I think I've shot over 80 weddings at this point. Like <laughs> I've done it like way more than a bride's, you know, done a wedding, hopefully. And it's something that, 
you know, you just need to relax and trust them. And that's best for you and it's best for them. And you could certainly tell them, hey, I would love to get some shots of this. And hey, here's this thing over here that's really important to me. Like, I love to know those sorts of things, but, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need to be told how to do my job. And my clients respect that. They love that they can just trust me. And they're like, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do it, Kevin. We just like want to defer to you. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, not because I love being in control, but because I know that they're relaxed and they're going to let me do my job. And when I'm allowed to do my job without people like breathing down my neck, that's when I do it best. That's how I provide the work that they saw that made them hire me. And that's really, I would say like my long-winded answer to that question is trust that they know what they're doing. And by all means, let them know if there's some special things that you'd like photographed. But in terms of how they do the job, they know how to do that already. Yeah, and that goes for most of your wedding vendors. I mean, you don't want yeah. to be doing a lecture series to people that you are trusting to do their job. I mean, people no. just will think you're an asshole and it's just not necessary and go and get stressed <laughs> yes. about it. Yes, they oh. will think you're really difficult. And I'm going to tell you right now, difficult brides, um, they're probably going to get exactly the service they paid for. But those really sweet brides who are just cool and chill, um, we're going to go more than above and beyond for those people because they're so pleasant. But the people who are difficult and not pleasant, we're going to do exactly what we were hired for. <laughs> yes. And that's why all bride chillers and groom chillers get what they pay for and more because they're nice people. Yes. People with kindness. Yes. That's my biggest tip in the whole fucking life. People say to my colleagues, they're like, Alicia, you make friends wherever you go. And I'm like, not always friends, but I'm friendly to people yes. and I'm optimistic and I treat people with kindness because I'm a nice person. But also if you're a fuckhead to people, they're going to treat you back in that way. And it just doesn't take much to smile and address them like a human being and not be a jerk. That's yes. my life lesson to everyone listening today. Because, gee, living in a big city, and I know we talked about this when you were here, we, Kevin and I met up in London recently, and just having that at the big city attitude, you know, where people don't treat other people as humans, it's gross. And it is. Think about your choices. That's my yes. lecture series. Thanks for listening. Yes. How to be a nice um, person 101. <laughs> just, yeah. And then also people will go out of their way to do nice things for you if you're nice to them. Obvious. Yes, they will. True. I will at least. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, bride chiller Chelsea. Now this is an, a bit of an American skewed question, but it's something that's asked over and over again. And uh, just bear with me, everyone else from everywhere else in the world. She asks about tipping photographers and vendors in general but she says that she's in California and she'd like to know do you expect a tip you can say this we won't be offended and if so is there a regular sort of percentage how do people figure it out and when do they give it to you Good question. I never ex- expect tips. Um, it's something that's always like a nice little pleasant surprise. I would say mm-hmm. it's more, it's interesting to me in my earlier days when I, I cost less and the, the kind of price of the weddings I was doing was a good bit lower than now. I didn't get many tips, but now that I'm doing slightly higher end weddings, I'm not talking like million dollar weddings, but I actually get more tips now, which is very interesting to me. Yeah. It was kind of unexpected. And I feel like probably, I want to say 60% of my weddings give me a tip or a gift or something. And then the other percent, I would say maybe 30% will just write me a thank you note, which is really lovely. And then 10% just kind of don't do anything. They might give me a really lovely email and that's great too. Um, 
In terms of when they usually tip me, typically the planner of the wedding will get all the tip envelopes and then hand them to me randomly through the day. Or sometimes um, the bride will keep it with her family members or her maid of honor, and then she'll give it to me before I leave. So either at the end of the night or kind of given to your planner and then they have to take care of it, which is nice. So you don't have to worry. Um, in mm. terms of the amount of tipping, honestly, it varies for me. I feel like there's not necessarily a percentage. I just think people will kind of give flat amounts to their vendors. So, um, I feel like, I mean, I hate talking money, but I know it's frustrating. People are like, well, how much, like, what do I do? And everybody is like skirting the actual number issues. So yeah. for me, I've sometimes people have tipped me a hundred dollars. I had one person once tipped me $750. She, she was a very difficult mother to work with. Uh, she was very nice, but just like constantly calling and emailing me and talking for like hours on end. So I kind of feel like the tip is like payment for the extra time. <laughs> her. But uh, yeah, it's kind of mostly, I would say around two, 100 is what people will tip sometimes a hundred. That's the most common every now and then there's outliers who will like give me $400. I'm like, Whoa, thank you so much. But don't feel like you need to tip at all. There are some vendors that you probably should be tipping. I think I have a whole YouTube video about this. Oh, we great. might be able to embed in your blog yeah, on like, that. yeah. And again, like you don't have to tip anybody unless it's in your contract. And that usually happens with catering staff. So just make sure you're checking yep. that. But there are some vendors who are um, usually tipped and then kind of like randomly tipped, which would be more photographer category and then never tipped like your linen company. So I kind of cover what's typical, but again, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. And if you feel like they went above and beyond, like, and you want to give them something by all means do, if you can't really shell out any more money, maybe give them a really lovely thank you note, review them online. Um, so there's all kinds of tipping alternatives that show your gratitude if you don't or can't spend any more money on tips. Oh, that's a really nice idea. I know how much um, vendors and also podcast hosts love a good review. And it does make <laughs> yes. a difference because we are such a review-based community now where, you know, we if we're going on a hotel, we're going on a holiday, we go and check out TripAdvisor or Hotels.com or wherever and you read the mm -hmm. reviews. And I know with people who uh, are looking for wedding suppliers. I mean, we have in the Bride Chiller vendor directory, we offer reviews and people are always giving feedback about saying, oh, oh it's great. I read the review and, you know, so many people love this supplier. I'm going to invest in in my time in meeting them. So I think it's really powerful and, and, and an underestimated little lovely gift to say, oh, you were, you were yes. great. Hire them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then also another thing you can do, and you can do this for the rest of your life, refer yes. them to your friends. Anytime a friend is getting married, before they even ask, you should be like, oh my gosh, you should hire this person. You should hire that person. I love my, I have some brides who like, like fight tooth and nail to convince their friends to like hire me. Sometimes I'm out of budget and they're like, just do it, just hire her. And I'm like, I love you so much that you so aggressively promote me because I would never aggressively promote myself like that. So refer them. Like if you loved your photographer, tell all your friends, like you need to hire this person. Anytime you see somebody get engaged and they start their planning process, give them referrals. Like I love when my past clients refer me, not just because I get money from the new person, but because it's flattering. And I know that they were so 
so happy with me that they want to tell everybody that they should work with me because they want their friends to have just as beautiful photos as they did. So it's it's and such it's great an honor. because you trust like a restaurant. Hopefully, unless home's got really bad taste, you trust friends to say, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, I've got this yes. kick-ass photographer. You don't have to look anymore. Oh my gosh, I've got this kick-ass wedding planning podcast. You don't have to listen to all the rest or do if yeah. you like. I'm not biased. Listen to all of them. <laughs> uh, no, it, it is very good to be able to share and also just it's the best referral ever from someone that you love and respect yes of course they're not going to send you to some yeah. dick so or if they do exactly unless exactly really if they do you. you need to reassess that relationship uh, exactly. <laughs> contracts are something that has come up uh quite a lot in this conversation and in mm-hmm. the podcast world over the last 380 whatever episodes now contracts are a big part of this deal Bride Chiller Alley says, if I'm yes. hiring more of a freelance photographer, what are some of the things that I should ask mm-hmm. them to put in the contract? So I suppose this is a bit of a two-phase question because I think she's saying they may not be a full-time photographer because I'm assuming yes. that most 99% of full-time profesh photogs, gosh, listen to that, would mm-hmm. have their own contract, <laughs> I hope. Yes, and they absolutely should. Um, I say do not hire anybody for your wedding without a contract. If you're hiring a friend, gosh, like please have something in place, have an email paper trail at the very least. But if you're trying to hire a photographer who's, who does photography, whether they do a lot of weddings or not, if they don't have a contract, ask for one. It protects both of you. The amount of horror stories I see mm. on both sides, honestly, from photographers and from couples where there was no contract in place is astonishing. That's almost always where I see things going wrong is where there was no contract or if things were not spelled out. So I just pulled yep, up my good. contract because I want to make sure that I hit the important things. So the main thing that really needs to be in your contract is what you're getting with your package. So the amount of hours, how many photographers, if you're getting those uh, final edited files, anything that you are paying for needs to be spelled out in the contract. Um, That for me is helpful to know because I can reference back to the contract, see how many hours they had before. And it's good for them because it assures them that that's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to provide. And it needs to have the price. And then it needs to talk about, you know, the retainer, how much you're paying them. Um, It should have a cancellation policy and that's more to protect them. But it also kind of puts uh, provisions in place. So if things have to get moved, your money is still protected and they'll move it to a date as long as they have it open. Um, Let's see. It should also, it should talk about a lot of things that protect them like copyright and different legalities. But in terms of the other things that need to be in there, you should absolutely have some sort of time frame on when your digital files are going to be delivered. This is a huge thing that I see on Reddit, on forums galore. Brides and grooms are like, it's been 300 years and I still don't have my photos. Is this Mm. normal? What do I do? And everybody's like, check your contract, check your contract. And they're like, well, it's not in the contract. And I'm like, oh, like I hate that photographer for not putting that in there. I love having it in there because even though I've never ever been late and I've never even like been on the dot, I'm always like weeks early. It's kind of in there to make sure that I can't like you know, go beyond what I've said. So I say eight weeks in my contract is when I deliver the photos. Usually I'm delivering them four weeks after, but it's in there as eight weeks. So the client knows that they are supposed to be getting those photos within eight weeks. And if they don't, there's like a contract to back it up. They can do something with it. Now, if your photographer does have the date in there and something horrible happens in their life, a family emergency, maybe they have to push it a little, maybe, you know, yes. like have a little compassion if, if they've like 
had something horrible, but it's in there to protect both of you and make sure that they are following up on their end and you're getting your photos. So I know I've said a lot about that, but that is like the biggest thing that I see is people don't have their photos and it's been kind mm-hmm. of an unreasonable amount of time. So make sure that your photographer at minimum has at least when you're supposed to get your photos in there to protect you. Cause you're going to want those photos. If you can't get them, then you know, you're completely out of everything. So have that in there. And then I'm just going to check, see if there's anything else in here. Um, print releases, making sure that you're able to print. I actually send those when I send the files, but it says in my contract that they're able to use the photos for their personal use. Um, so make sure that something like that is in there. Now you're probably not going to be giving you copyright and you don't need copyright in order to personally use your photos. A lot of people will say, can we get the rights to the photos? And they're talking more about client usage rights, not copyrights. Usually copyright is only sold to like celebrities who are trying to then sell their photos to People Magazine. So you really don't need the copyright. You just need to make sure that you have the rights to use the images for personal use on your social media and print them. So I would say those are the main things that should be in there on your part. The rest of it is probably stuff that's legality, stuff that protects them, making sure they're going to get fed on the wedding day, making sure they're going to get paid, stuff like that. So that's a very long answer. But the contract is I, I very, love that very answer. Important. It was thorough, and I think that it is important for people to go back and read those contracts and not just, you know, sign your life away and not be aware. Yeah. Yes, read it. And they're please. never going to be like 50 pages long. I mean, there are always going to be the block titles. No. Make sure that you understand what you're signing and make sure that you agree because you don't really have much of a legal standing if you go back afterwards and say, but I thought. I'd get my photos in three weeks, not three months. And you're like, well, shit, you just sign that, read it, be aware. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're you're beholden to what you sign, so make sure that you're reading it. And, you know, most reputable photographers, they're not going to put anything in there that's ever going to hurt you or they're not going to do anything sneaky. My contract is very industry standard. I never, ever have requests to make changes to it. And honestly, I really won't make changes to it because, you know, there's things in here to protect me, but it's very standard. And most established photographers are going to have something very similar. So just make sure you read it, make sure you know what's going on. Um, Some of it might be boring and you'll never really like, the litigation, you're never going to have to probably hopefully get to that point, but it's good just to know what's in there and know what you're getting and know what your protections are. And then they've got the kind of opposite for their end. So read it, sign it, it. read it and sign it. it. There is more, uh, so many more questions Mm -hmm. after this very short and very fun break. Fun fact, and maybe this is generalising, but I'm just going to go for it. A lot of guys, a lot of blokes, as we'd say in Australia, perhaps aren't as jazzed about going to a store and trying on 25 suits as bride chillers. Logistically as well, it can be challenging to gather groomsmen and the male counterparts all together, especially if you are living in different areas. So the solution I am bringing you today is GenerationTux.com, who can offer you a huge variety of suits. And I say huge, I mean they've got suave tuxedos, they've got morning suits, afternoon suits, midnight suits, not a real thing. 
With thousands of colour combinations, you can order free swatches and they will deliver them to your door ASAP. With very clever fitting technology, you can ensure that all of the suit wearers in your bridal party will have very nice fitting suits made out of quality merino wool. These aren't sort of like plasticky, stinky suits. These are quality suits delivered to their door up to 14 days before your wedding. So there's no last-minute rush around trying to make sure that things are fitting because if they get the suit and it doesn't fit generation tucks will speedy super speedy get you a replacement suit without having to return the original I love working with companies that are dynamic, that are out there trying to help make your wedding planning easier and Generation Tux ticks all of those boxes and more. My lovely husband Rich has worn two Generation Tux suits to recent weddings and bam, he looks suave. He was very happy with the quality of the suits and also it was just super simple. They arrived in a lovely box, he put it on, it fit, we were done, didn't have to think about it anymore. Save time, save money, and save your sanity by checking these guys out at generationtux.com slash bridechiller. And use the promo code bridechiller for 10% off the entire groom's party. That is a cracking deal. Head to generationtux.com slash bridechiller. And don't forget to use the code word bridechiller for 10% off the entire groom's party. I recently had the pleasure of visiting Zola.com's headquarters in New York City. And gee whiz, what a lovely team. And so interesting to hear and learn about how they are really changing the wedding planning game. They have helped over 500,000 couples not only create their wedding registry, but also with fantastic add-on services like their free wedding websites, they're very affordable invitation suites and general wedding planning help. They have hundreds of beautiful wedding website designs to choose from. It is drag and drop. It is super simple to use. You can add things like an FAQ section, maps, hotel selections, all of the stuff that people ask you about constantly. And instead of going, oh, I'll have to send back the same text message 25 times, all you need to do is send them to your Zola wedding website and hey, presto, questions answered, they get off your back. Zola is also the most helpful wedding registry ever. They're the only place where you can register for honeymoon funds and gift cards along with physical gifts. So if you are looking to jazz up the lounge suite, you can do that, but also add things like Airbnb vouchers. Couples and guests love, love, love the free shipping, smart returns, price matching, group gifting, and much, much more. Literally, they are adding things every single day to make your wedding planning easy. Last but not least, did you know that Zola can print all of your wedding stationery? Zola believe that wedding paper should not blow your budget and they are living up to that promise. It's super easy to build your whole paper suite at Zola.com from save the dates to thank you cards. Plus, you can start your free matching wedding website so everything corresponds together. Build your free wedding website on Zola and get $50 towards your registry. All you need to do is go to Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash bridechiller to get started. That is Zola.com slash bridechiller to build your free wedding website and get $50 towards your registry. 
Now, look, there is a lovely question here. I know last episode we talked a little bit about wrangling family and friends and uh, there was some discussion and I think it's always interesting talking to photographers and I know we've sort of touched on it before because you see and hear everything. A bit like hair and makeup artists who I think some people sit in the Mm -hmm. chair and don't really realize that these people are absorbing every conversation that's happening, especially on a wedding day, people coming (laughs) in and out of the rooms Yes, and uh, you see some shit. So Bride Chiller Alex says, can you please offer tips for managing difficult slash dysfunctional family dynamics with your family portraits? Her suggestion was divorce parents. Crazy aunts to watch out for. I'm trying to figure out how to yep. give my photographer a heads up on the dynamics without terrifying her. And then also Bride Chiller Jessica said she seconds this. At my brother's wedding, the photographer hadn't been warned, which led to a very awkward moment when the photographer encouraged Ugh. our parents to look like they loved each other. Awkward. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, that's okay. I partially, okay, I don't want to blame the photographer, but I partially blame the photographer for not asking questions about that. On my questionnaire, <laughs> I literally have an entire question that says, are there any um, family dynamics we should be aware of, such as divorced parents, the death in the family, something sensitive, blah, blah, blah. And I specifically asked that. And the amount of times I have divorced parents is so often. And it, I would die oh my God. if I was like, hold hands, because I like to make people connected in my photos, but I also want to make sure they're a couple first before I ask them to do that. So I like, I can't imagine if I didn't ask those questions or if I'm like, where's dad? And dad died a year ago. So you need to tell your photographer those things. Hopefully they ask for them, but if they don't tell them anything, if you have an autistic nephew, who's going to be in the photos and maybe he's not so great with it. Like this is something that's happened to me. And if I didn't know that, Mm. I'd be like, why is this kid being such a brat? But now that I know I'm like, okay, ahead of time, I know this going in and prepared, maybe have somebody who can get this person's attention. So whether it's some sort of Um, autism or a mental illness that makes somebody a little bit difficult or a divorce or a recent death, anything that is sensitive that could possibly come up when that photographer is dealing with the family, especially in family photos, they need to know. Um, I would rather know. And then I actually also asked a question that's like, please describe your family's personalities so that when a couple, because I'm an anxious person. So if I start getting around people and they're acting Mm. really weird, I'm like, oh my God, is it me? But now that I ask that question, the bride will say, oh, the groom's family, they're like really quiet and very serious and impatient. I know that going in. So I know it's not me. (laughs) And then I know to expect that. So I'm going to try to speed that up. I'm going to put their family photos first. So I think the more information, the better. That said, it can be scary to think I'm maybe going to freak out this photographer and they're just going to leave me behind. They're not going to do that. Maybe say, hey, I just wanted to let you know like a couple things. Like hopefully it should be fine. I'm probably not going to do anything to you, but I just want you to know so that it's not a surprise or so that you know what to expect because I appreciate mm. that information. I do not want to be blindsided on the wedding day by anything, let alone something that's a really sensitive issue. So please tell them. And then that way they're not going to make <laughs> your divorced parents stand next to each other in the photo. I actually ask if there are divorced parents, are they okay with being in the same photo but on separate yeah. sides? Or do we need two separate photos entirely? I get really, really deep in there (laughs) just to like make sure that I don't have to ask my couple any further questions. And so I don't make anybody uncomfortable because some divorced parents are really amicable. They don't mind being in the same photo. Like I know some divorced parents who still go on vacation together with their kids, but then some like 
literally cannot stand the sight of each other. So those I don't want to put in the same photo under any circumstances. So the more information you can give about this, I think is helpful, but assure them that like, they're not going to attack the photographer. Like nothing crazy is going to happen, but it's, it's letting really them nice. know it's is really nice. It's going to make everything nice. go smoother and also just avoid any uncomfortable vibes on the day that you just don't want to be dealing with. No one wants to be dealing with it, let alone the poor photographer just going, what the fuck have I done wrong? What have I yes. done? What have I said? Oh my gosh, who have I offended? Yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And uh, one more thing I want to say, if you have somebody who you think is just generally going to disrupt the wedding, not even like photos, you got to think of a solution for that. Maybe have somebody who's coming, who's kind of like their handler to make sure that they're not going to do anything crazy. Um, maybe that's a really cool bridesmaid. Who's like, I'm going to keep an eye on your crazy mother and I'm going to make sure she doesn't do anything. And if she starts bothering you a bunch, I'm going to like distract her and take her away. So that's a solution. Another solution is if you can maybe not invite that person, that's, you know, sometimes what you have to do. But if they've got to be there, have somebody to keep an eye out for them. If you have a guest who you know is a heavy drinker, you can actually warn the bar staff. You can go up to the bar and be like, hey, I'm going to point out this Uncle Larry to you. He is to be given way less alcohol than anybody else. Make his drinks extremely weak. Oh, there's Larry right there. That's what he looks like. Stuff like that is really helpful. And they're not going to judge you. They've heard these things all the time. They would rather know than not know. It's way better than no information and shit hitting the fan. Um, okay. Yes. Corey asks, yes. how much and how do I involve my photographer in planning the timeline for the day? How does this change if I have a wedding planner? How far in advance do I get to talk to the photographer about all this? I feel needy asking questions about my February wedding in the middle of summer season. Okay. <laughs> so this is two good points. At the moment, when we're recording this, we are in the middle of, well, for a lot of people, depending on where you are, peak wedding season. But again, it might not be, you know, if you're listening in Australia, it's winter, mm-hmm. it might be quite quiet. But in the Northern Hemisphere, it's pretty busy for a lot of wedding photographers. I'm going to add on to Corey's question and say, uh, you, you know, when can you okay. ham, hammer your vendors? <laughs> if she's getting, as you said, she's getting married in February 2020 <laughs> and we're currently sort of in July, August. Mm-hmm. So when when is it appropriate for her to go, hey, I've got 50,000 questions. Can Can you answer them? Let's go. Yeah. So if you've got a planner, um, planners will typically designate when their services really kick in. If you have a full service planner, it's pretty much from the time you book them to the wedding date. If you have partial, it might be two months out, one month out, day of. They might only come in like three weeks out. So kind of know the parameters of something like a planner. Now, in terms of other vendors, remember they've got other weddings they're working on that are before yours. And that's not to say yours is any less important, but they have to make sure that they're giving those couples attention so that they can give you the same attention when it's closer to your date. Um, I once had a bride send me a full timeline a year and a half before her wedding. And I just wanted to crumble. I was like, I don't want this right now. You're making me so anxious. Please. I don't want to look at this. There's nothing I can do about this. Also, your times are really wrong, but this is not the time to be working on this. Like I was at the airport. I still remember like, I was like, oh no, girl. Um, So don't do that. That's not necessary. I start talking, like I'll answer general time and questions with my couple around booking because sometimes they're like, oh, we want to know what eight hours is going to cover. And I have an Excel uh, generator format that I literally made out. It's a formula. I put in the ceremony time and it outputs the perfect timeline for me. It's got all the times that I need for everything, Mm -hmm. which is really fun. I can't believe I didn't do that years ago. But I'm happy to send that over whenever. 
but I typically don't start working with the planner or the venue, whoever on the actual timeline until about two months out, maybe a month and a half out at the earliest. They typically don't want to be working on it earlier than that. Um, but I would say like two yeah. months out is pretty fair game for most of your vendors. It might feel late, but the timeline doesn't really need to be done by that point. Um, other than your ceremony time being set for your invitations. So know that you can wait a little bit longer if your wedding's in February, especially because winter, it, I don't know where you are in the country, but winter is typically more of a slow season. So you could start asking, I would say maybe even November, yeah. maybe after the holidays, maybe early December. <laughs> uh, so that would be a good time for a February wedding. And yeah, just know that like your photographer should be able to help you. If you have a planner, they should hopefully be working well with your photographer, not fighting about it. And I'll say know that if your photographer requests a certain amount of time, they know what time they need. So they're not just going to ask for willy nilly random time. They're asking because they know what they need. So I would try really hard to give that to them. If your planner's fighting back, just learn what your priorities are. If your planner's like, well, this has to start then. But if the photos are more important to you, tell them that. Say, hey, yeah, I get that. But I would rather our photos kind of be at this time. The photographer's asking for this. We kind of rather do that. It's more of a priority than whatever else. So um, I usually work with planners and I will send them the times that I want two months out. And they're like, great, thank you so much. I don't have to ask you. And then they kind of put that in and they handle the rest of the reception timing, which is what I don't do. I pretty much just do when I'm arriving and then I kind of get us up through cocktail hour. I say what we're going to be doing through cocktail hour and then that's really it. And then I say when I'm leaving. So they handle all the other stuff, but your photographer should be able to give you the times they need for all of the hours that they're there. They just might not know like what time your cake cutting is, but they'll know what time they're leaving. So then you can make sure that your cake cutting happens before they leave. Now, a lot of the questions, we actually have had a couple of questions that have come through from people who, uh, I initially read them and thought, oh, they're talking about frienders, which are friends who are offering their services as wedding vendors who may uh -huh. not be professional. We've had a couple of people come through saying, uh, one of them is Bride Chiller Nicole, who says that her mum is a professional wedding photographer and is insisting on snapping a few photos at the wedding with her camera. Uh, Although, no, mom. Oh, I know her intentions are great and I love her. <laughs> Uh, she basically is a longer sort of message, which she's basically saying that she loves her photography, but she can't stand the way she takes photos of her interesting point. <laughs> she also wants her mum to enjoy the wedding and they've already yes. booked two other photographers and videographers. So they know that they've got lots of coverage, but still she's saying, but I'm a photographer. This is what, it's what I do. And she's super stubborn and she wants to be able to sort of find a bit of a balance and a breaking point with that. There was also an extension. A couple of other people have said that they've got friends and family members who are also professional photographers who uh, they're keen to work with, but maybe they also want them to have a night off. This is hard because mm -hmm. you don't want to offend people, especially your mother, but maybe it's easier. Yes. But also, I totally what do get you that. do? What do you do? <laughs> So it's so funny. I just filmed a video all about hiring friends as vendors mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's going up pretty soon, but I always tell people do not do other people favors for your yeah. wedding. Okay. So for friends like, Oh, I want to shoot this. It'd be so great. If you don't really want them to shoot it, whether you don't like their work or you simply want them to be a guest and not working, don't do them the favor. Don't feel like you owe them something. Like I know that it's so nice that they offer, but if there's something you want for your wedding, then do what you want for your wedding. Um, if you 
don't mind them shooting something like your bridal shower or your rehearsal dinner. Like give them something that's not your sacred wedding Mm -hmm. day. And that way, maybe it's kind of a compromise for both of you guys. And then you can hire who you wanted to, because here's the thing. It's too hard to be a guest and a vendor at the same time. Um, At least in in my, if I'm a photographer, I'm 100% a photographer. If I'm a guest, I'm not bringing my camera. I don't know why all these photographers are like, I can't help but like come and shoot at all these weddings. I'm a guest. I'm like, girl, I can leave my camera at home and be perfectly happy with it. Like I I love to be just a guest at a wedding. It's so rare. I'm going to soak up every second of it. So if you have somebody who's like, like the mother, I would tell them how important it is to you to have them fully present as a guest there the whole day. Because if they're running around trying to take photos, they might not be in the actual professional photographer's photos. You might get your photos back and be like, where's my mom? Like she's not in any of these. And that's going to be really sad for everybody. So explain that to them. Say, I want you as a part of the wedding. I don't want you observing it. I want you in it. I want you experiencing it. I want you there by my side, not in front of me taking pictures. So that's a way that you can tell them it comes from a place of love and just say, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's your wedding, you know, like, you're going to regret something if you like let somebody walk all over you, whether their intentions are good or not, have your way and explain it to them from a place of kindness, you know, be really tactful about it. And you could even follow it up with like, Oh, I love your photos so much. Even if you don't, but you can just say that a compliment sandwich is the way to go. Honestly, like, even if you have to lie a little bit. <laughs> make them eat that sandwich. Compliment, as we go back to yes. being nice to people, just kill them with kindness. Make sure they feel like they are being able to feel supported and encouraged, but you don't necessarily, no. as you said, obligation should be removed from any sort of conversation when it comes to your wedding because it just ends up you being compromising what you actually want by making other people feel happy. It's not, it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. No. And if they're super pushy about it, say, how about you photograph this other thing instead? Or how about you make the cake for this event instead? That that way, you know, you're a part of it, but then on the wedding day, you can just enjoy it. So maybe that's what you need to do. And then maybe you get some cool photos of like your bridal shower. I don't know, but it's, that's a good way to go about it. If they're being really yeah. pushy and you just cannot get them, then that's a compromise. And hopefully they're going to be okay with that. And if they're not, I don't know, that's maybe a whole nother conversation to have about <laughs> them boundaries, respecting your wishes. a little bit of boundaries. And as you said, engagement photos might be, although it's nice, as you mentioned last episode, to be able to have a bit of a warm-up session with your photographer. And I think it's excellent advice. But maybe in this situation that Nicole could go back and sort of say, hey, mum, do you want to take some pre-wedding photos, even even if they're not the engagement photos or whatever? Give her a little bit of a photo moment. Let her feel that she's worthy and valid in your life with the photos. Of course, she's worthy and valid. Yeah. Of course. And you can always do engagement photos twice, once with that person who's insisting, and then once with your actual photographer, because I've already talked about all the benefits of that, but there's no harm in doing two. I mean, more photos is, I mean, hopefully better than, you know, less photos unless the person's photos aren't good. But, you know, there's, there's no reason not to like do a little quick mini session with that person and then do it again with the photographer whose photos you really want. Oh, I totally agree. More photos, the better. You can use them and put them in your LinkedIn yeah. profile or something. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> Kevin, it's always so fabulous speaking with you. And I think we got through a lot of questions, not all of them. I'll bank the others for future chats. But um, geez, I always learn a lot when I talk with you and I enjoy your company very much. So thank you so much. And please plug your shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, again, thanks so much for having me. I always love coming on this podcast. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you guys can find me pretty much everywhere that I am on Instagram, on YouTube. I put out two videos a week with tips and that's all at Cavin Elizabeth. And my website is also Cavin Elizabeth. And then if you are a reader, you can always pick up my book, A Bride's Guide to a Picture Perfect Wedding on Amazon. It's available in print and on Kindle. It's a book that tells you how to make the most out of your photos how to give your 20% effort of the 80-20 photographer-client relationship for the most successful photos. And yeah, that's pretty much it. So you can watch videos, you can read my book, you can read my blog, or you can just hire me to come photograph your wedding anywhere in the world. Just do all of the above, I suggest. Everything, done, do it all. Done and dusted. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, VIP. Exactly. <laughs> VIP, bride chiller cavern package. We'll make that happen. Dot yes. com. Yes. There it is. Um, <laughs> Thank you to everyone who asked questions over the last couple of episodes. Uh, If you want to jump back and listen to Kevin's other episodes, simply, uh, what do we do? Go to thebridechiller.com and you can just search Kevin's name and you can come up with all the episodes she's been in. You've also written a couple of lovely blogs and shared some of your images. So check it out. And uh, if you have a question for a future Bride Chiller Q&A episode about anything, I'll answer questions about whatever you want. All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. And also, if you are looking for a digital download, something you can put on your phone or your iPad or whatever device, I'm not going to go through all the devices, um, I have a very quick document called The Bride Chiller Questions to Ask Vendors Document. And it's not called a document. It's a book. Uh, It's basically all of the questions (laughs) out of the Bride Chiller Field Guide that you can take with you to your vendor appointments. And there's a whole section about photography and videography. So there were lots of questions that we didn't read out about. What questions should I ask photographers? Well, here's the thing. Just buy that. It's 10 bucks. Go to bridechillerstore.com, put it on your phone, go to your appointment, ask the questions. That's the end. Hey, Kevin, thank you. And uh, until next time, you'll be back. There's no doubt that sounded threatening, but it's an invitation. Uh, (laughs) Until next time, my lovely friend, happy days. The Bride Chilla Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014. There are an an overwhelming amount of wedding planning books on the market. So why the hell did I go and write my own? Well, it's because none of those books are like the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, which is my book that doesn't tell you how to plan a perfect day or the best day of your life. It just tells you how to plan a fucking great party, get stuff done, and go back to your normal life. If you would like to purchase the Bride Chiller Survival Guide, thank you. Good one. That's a top decision. Visit bridechillerstore.com to grab your copy and check out the Bride Chiller Field Guide, the companion wedding planner, which you'll also want to buy because it's great.